Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour concerning the church Jesus is building is our goal affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. I want to pick up in this episode where I left off in the previous episode. I was talking about that it is God who has sent this plague. Amos 4.10 I quoted from where God says, I sent a plague, yet you have not returned to me, he says. I sent a plague, yet you have not returned to me. Whenever we see plagues in the Bible, there's always a call from God associated with it for people to return to God, to come back to him, to turn from their wicked ways. I was quoting also and preaching on, talking about, elaborating on Second Chronicles 7.14. And I was saying, do not be deceived. God sent this global plague. Now, we'll get into more later about how that squares, so to speak, with how that the Bible says that God doesn't author disease. He doesn't create disease. He is not the author of disease and sickness. Rather, sickness and disease is a product of sin. It's a product of man's sin and actually, ultimately, the original sinner. Original sin did not occur, as theologians say, in the Garden of Eden. Original sin did not occur in the Garden of Eden. Original sin occurred in heaven. That's right, in heaven. And the perpetrator, the author, the originator of sin was someone who at the time was called Lucifer, which means light bearer. But Lucifer, through his rebellion, became a light refractor rather than a light reflector, or a reflector of God's light, as we are called to be. He became a light refractor because darkness entered into him, sin entered into him, and as a result, he was evicted from heaven. Michael the archangel conducted war against him because it wasn't God that did the war himself because he, that wouldn't be a fair fight. This was it required an angel to do battle with another angel, Michael the archangel. I guess we could colloquially, without being disrespectful, refer to him as heaven's bouncer. And he bounced 
Satan out of heaven because he violated the rules. He violated God's laws. He became rebellious. He was the original rebel, and he was kicked out of heaven because of it. He was evicted from heaven, kicked out, and cast down to the earth. You can read about that in Isaiah 14 because he said five times, I, the the middle letter of sin is the letter I. All sin comes from an I mentality. It's not a God mentality, it's an I mentality. And Satan said five times, I will, I will. He demonstrated what his will was. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. He said, I will. And his will was not all, not any longer in synchronization with God and God's will. And so he was kicked out of heaven for that. That happens to man too. We must, like Jesus, say, not my will, but thy will be done. But God, when God does send a plague, like he sent this plague, I was saying that it's not a direct sending. He allows Satan to manifest these things on the earth. When, the, when we give place to the devil, the Bible says give no place to the devil. How do we give place to the devil? By sin. Primarily, you give place to the devil by sin. And when you sin, you allow the evil trespasser to come in and do things that God doesn't even want. But it happens because we're not obeying God. But when we obey God all throughout the Bible, the Bible indicates we have, there's a hedge of protection around us and around his people. But when God does send a plague, God has promised that if his people, believers, believers in Christ, Christians, he says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, we were touching upon it yesterday, and I'll pick up there again, that if his people, believers in Christ, Christians, shall humble themselves. Notice it says humble themselves. There's a scripture in the New Testament that says humble yourselves. And the thing is, if we won't humble ourselves, we'll eventually be humbled by God. And I say, yea, verily, not only humbled, but humiliated. But if we humble ourselves by our own will, then God won't have to humble us. And we humble ourselves primarily by admitting or confessing our sins. And the Bible says, it goes on to say in that scripture, if we admit and confess our sins and we pray. I'm going to cover the, all of these elements in other episodes. If we pray then. So the first thing is humble ourselves. Second thing, pray. Third thing, seek his face. As I was saying yesterday, the Bible indicates Jesus is his face. Jesus was the embodiment of, of God. He was God in the flesh. The word became flesh. His face, God's face, no man's ever seen his face, except that we have seen the face of Jesus. Man has seen the face of Jesus. Jesus was manifest on the earth. He became a man. God came down from heaven, became a man in order that he might be our kinsman redeemer, a human redeemer. It took a human to redeem humans. And then it goes on to say, one, humble ourselves. Two, pray. Three, seek his face. And then four, turn from our wicked ways. If they turn from their wicked ways, idolatry, 
worshiping all kinds of things, sports, all kinds of things people worship today instead of God. Murder by abortion of millions of unborn babies. I heard the figure recently that in 2020 alone, there will be 10 million babies aborted. Well, this coronavirus is helping to stop that to some degree because uh, many of the states have come out and said elective surgeries are not authorized because we need the hospital beds. We need, the, we need not to occupy the medical personnel with elective surgeries. And abortion is an elective surgery, so in some ways that, that's good. It stopped abortions temporarily. God hates abortions. God hates abortion, period. It's murder. God hates it. God is the one that gives us life. You are killing his children. You are killing people that are the apple of God's eye. God gave life to that child. Doesn't matter how the procreation process caused it to happen. The Bible indicates God knew, knows people even before they're formed, before they're formed in their mother's womb. God knows them. He said that to several prophets. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Then, God says, will I hear from heaven? If we do these four things, God says, I will hear from heaven. God said he'll hear. God is not a man that he should lie. He said he'll hear. I believe he'll hear. And will forgive their sin. Notice the connection here between sin and sickness. Because he says, I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Our land has a plague upon it wherein people are dying because sickness, disease, these viruses and things that cause disease are a product of sin. But when we repent of our sin, God says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that means the effects of unrighteousness. Unrighteousness brings sickness. Sickness is a result of sin, unrighteousness, ungodliness. So America must follow the dictates in this passage. When we do, God has promised that he will then hear from heaven, hallelujah, and will heal their land. Our land is America. Our land, America, needs healing in this hour. People are dying. We're seeing this all over the news. And uh, people are mourning the deaths of people. Of course they are. God doesn't want these people to die. But it's not God that's doing it. It's not his fault. He has said. He has shown us in the word of God. That sickness and disease and therefore death is a result of sin. And God has already... America provided the cure. Not one of these vaccines. The cure is not a vaccine. The ultimate cure to COVID-19 is Christ Jesus 
himself. You know, the word cure comes from the word in the Greek. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I'm not a Greek scholar. Kuriakos, something like that. Kuriakos. And it's the word we get for church. And Christ Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. He's the beginning of the church. He's the prototype of the church, and he's the church. He is the cure. He's, he's the cure for everything that's bad. So America, uh, uh, the word from God is obey God, America. Obey God. And if we obey God, COVID-19 will be eradicated from the atmosphere that is prevailing over America at this time. The Real Truth Podcast is a production of Stephen Lambert Ministries, Inc., whose website is at slm.org. That's slm.org. It is absolutely vital that we understand that sickness, disease, everything that produces death, premature death, Sickness and disease is a product of sin. Now, I'm not talking here now about personal sin, but it's the product of the sin nature that permeates mankind. Does this mean that every time someone dies and has a sickness and a disease, it's because they're because of personal sin? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm talking about that the sin nature produces sickness. There was no dying until sin entered into the human race with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. There was no death. And the Bible says there's no death in heaven. There is no death, only everlasting life. And so that's why Jesus said, he prayed and said for us to pray as it is in heaven, so be it on earth. So God does not author sickness and disease. Sickness and disease is the result of sin, and Satan is the one that spreads it, proliferates it, sin. He's the tempter. He's the one that spreads it, and therefore he spreads sickness and disease. But God is mightier than Satan and sin. So a disease like this or any other disease pestilence, a plague like this, a virus. It cannot spread unless God allows it. Again, God is greater than Satan. The Bible says greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. God's greater. He's the creator. The creator is always greater than the created. Satan is part of the creation. He's the created. He was one of the angels of heaven that lived in heaven, got kicked out, as I was saying earlier. And God testified in his word that he sends plagues, but that that sending is in the sense of allowing it to come through the pathway of permission that sin opens up. The Bible said, give, give no place to the devil, for instance. How, we, how do we give place to the devil? Well, by our disobedience, by our sin, by our own actions. 
But yet we're not to be fearful in a time like this. This is the thing that is causing such problems worldwide. We don't need a panic. A plague doesn't necessarily call for a pandemic of fear, especially the people of God. We're different than the people of the world. What are people of the world going to do in a time like this? Well, they're going to fear. Why? Because they don't have faith. And I'm going to talk about that. God, 2 Timothy 1.7, God, familiar scripture to many of us. God has not given us. We don't want anything that God hasn't given us. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Notice, it's a spirit. Fear is a spirit. Why is it a spirit? Because it comes from Satan himself. Fear comes from Satan. Fear is authored by Satan. And where did that begin? Well, because fear involves punishment. And Satan has known all these eons of time since he was kicked out of heaven that punishment is coming. And so he has fear. And this spirit of fear and panic and hysteria comes from Satan himself. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love. Notice the opposite is love, power, and a sound mind. The Bible says in another place, love casts out all fear. Fear is the opposite of love. Love is the opposite of fear. If you know about God's love, and if you're perfected in God's love, there's no reason to fear. Fear doesn't come into the equation at all. And notice what it says. The opposite of fear is power. Love, power, we have power. And that word there is dunamis. It's the same power that Jesus talked about in Acts 1.8 when he said to the disciples, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, this message is not about this, but there's a matter of when we get born again, when we get born again, that's when the Spirit comes in us, into us. But when we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the power comes on us. The Bible is loaded with scriptures talking about that. In times like these, we need not only the power in us, we need the power on us and the Holy Spirit in us and the Holy Spirit upon us. And as a result, if we don't have the spirit of fear we will have a sound mind. Do you know that hospitals and psychiatric units and so forth are loaded with patients that the vast majority of them have ailments, whether they're mental, emotional, or physical, that are caused in some degree and form by fear? And the scientists have pretty much proven that. It's fear behind it that causes so many of these things. A sound mind. Now, I want to ask, to especially the church and Christians, have we lost, as Tennessee Ernie Ford used to say, our pee-picking minds? Have we lost our collective minds in how we're allowing this relatively minor outbreak to shut down our nation and the world and the church. Now, 
I'm going to be very clear and say I am not saying that we should ignore the mitigation measures that are being even dictated by our governments. Not at this time. Not at this time. I think it's wisdom to follow what they're saying and to obey our governments, our civil authority, the civil authority in this land. I'll talk about that more later. But friends, let's not be caught up in the frenzy. Christians, don't be caught up in the frenzy. This is crazy how some people are panicking. Have you forgotten totally that there is a God? What about some of you preachers? Have you totally forgotten that Jesus is Lord? This whole national scare is nothing in some senses. I don't mean it's a conspiracy. The Bible says don't say it's a conspiracy. It's, it's not a conspiracy. If it's a conspiracy, it's a conspiracy in Satan's realm, in Satan's kingdom. Yes, he conspired to do it. And he's the ultimate author behind this whole thing. But in some ways, it's politics enters into this whole scenario. There's, it is a, in some ways a political ploy that some people are using it for political means. Proponents of communism or socialism are glomming on to this crisis and using it as, at bottom, what is basically agitprop. Look that word up, agitprop. It's what communists preach. It's what they indoctrinate people's minds with. It's agitprop. And to a great degree, the American people, and even some that say they're a part of the church, is falling for it, hook, line, and sinker. Again, I'm not saying that this is a conspiracy. We know this came from China. We know this virus came from the wet markets, so-called, in China, and uh, that it was spread from China. But... Did the Chinese government conspire to to turn this into a what? Well, they might have post facto been doing some of that, and they might have been holding back equipment and so on and so forth that they could have sent for other nations for the cure of this because they don't care about other nations. They don't care. They only care about themselves. Nations are like people that occupy the nations. They're self-centered. They care about them first. But folks, we can't just allow ourselves to be petrified by, if, especially if you're, if you're a Christian, you need to be resisting fear. I mean, it's as if uh, we need to take a hold of some people's head, heads in, the, in our hands, even though we're not supposed to be touching even our own face, they say, and just slap them until they come to I don't mean that literally, but I, I mean, in a sense, people need to wake up. People need to get a grip. I mean, a sound mind, it says, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Well, where's all the sound minds in all this, especially from the church? We should be speaking sound advice. Number one, saying, do not fear. God is with us. God is with you. There's no reason to fear. Don't you understand this mass global hysteria cannot possibly be God? That's what I'm trying to say in this whole thing. It cannot possibly 
be God. In a very real sense, I believe this is a form of terrorism perpetrated by the God of this world. It's spiritual terrorism. I'm not saying it, there, there's a government out there somewhere that sent this and has weaponized this and that this is, this is, uh, although it's, it's, it's certainly possible that governments do that, but that this is biological warfare. I'm not saying that in this sense right here. I'm saying that this is a spiritual terrorism perpetrated by the God of this world, the master terrorist. Don't you understand? Satan is the master terrorist. He sends fear. And it, it's terrorism from the master terrorist in an attempt to shut down our nation and the entire world. This is the mastermind of communism. Satan is the mastermind of communism, not Karl Marx or anybody else. It's, it's the mastermind of communism, Satan, at work to cripple our economy and the economies of the whole world. The mass hysteria to keep our nation in a shutdown is being driven by the Democrats in this nation and the never-Trumpers and the lamestream media as a means of exploiting a trumped-up crisis. <laughs> a trumped-up crisis. To evoke a phrase aimed at bringing down President Trump and defeating the Republican agenda. And as their only hope of winning the 2020 election and reclaiming the power they, that they've totally lost and will continue to lose more of in Washington, D.C. This is a page ripped right out of the Communist Manifesto, which says never waste a national crisis. Again, I'm not saying they started it, that they, that they perpetrated this in any way, shape, or form. But what I'm saying is they're capitalizing or they're, they're exploiting it, the, the left, the people that want to destroy our nation. The hysterical Democrats see this coronavirus scare as it being teed up for them to discredit President Trump and the Republican Party and lay this crisis at their feet. President Trump and the Republican Party, but they're wrong. They're totally wrong. These people, I hate to say this, but these people are hysterical psychopaths, many of them. And all their inane and insane schemes will fail miserably and completely. There's absolutely no doubt about that because. God is not with them. Well, God can't be with them because they took God out of their platform a long time ago, several elections ago. They took God entirely out of their platform. They said, it, it, you know, we don't need this anymore, a God in whom we trust. We don't trust in God. We trust in ourselves. We trust in humans. That's humanism at its height. The world, unbelievers, the world consists of unbelievers. So the world slash unbelievers, they do what they do. Why? Because they are the world. 
<laughs> they are unbelievers. They just do what they do because that's who they are. Everyone does what they do because that's who they are. But the church of the Lord Jesus Christ should not be doing what the world slash unbelievers do. Don't follow what they're saying. Don't follow what they do. Don't emulate them. The world slash unbelievers is, are, being driven by the spirit of fear, which is rooted in the fear of death and unbelief. That's right. The spirit of fear is rooted in the fear of death and unbelief. Worldlings fear. That's what they do. Unbelievers unbelieve. <laughs> I know that's not a word, but that's what unbelievers do. They unbelieve. They doubt. They don't have faith. They walk in fear instead of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. But the church slash believers, the church is made up of believers. The church is the collectivization of believers. The church and believers must be motivated or driven by faith that is void of fear. Let me say that again. The church, believers, must be motivated, driven by faith that is void of fear. Again, I will quote the word of God as I end this broadcast. This episode, God has not given us a spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 Fear is a spirit, an evil spirit that does not come from God. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then, this is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible, and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.